flushing girl from flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Oh, Mr. Sheffield, a podcast about the nanny, which is a hit sitcom from the 90s starring Fran Drescher. We are here and mostly alive. <laughs> I am Sean DePasquale, joined as always by Victoria Sheffield. That's right. And this week mm-hmm. we are talking about The Nanny, season four, episode 20, The Nanny and the Hunk Producer, written by mm-hmm. Frank Lombardi and directed by the great Dorothy Lyman. And this is the one where a tabloid story about Fran and Maxwell having an affair upsets everybody in the house, but like, it's another one of those episodes where that doesn't happen until almost halfway through it. So like, yeah, <laughs> it's I, also the one where Maxwell wins multiple uh, Tony awards. <laughs> I know, but it, that happens like within the first four minutes and it just kind of gets blown over. <laughs> this one felt like a series of vignettes to me more so than <laughs> maybe any episode we've watched yet where it was just like, I kept going like, well, what's the plot though? Like, like I was enjoying myself, but it was like, now we're in this scene and now they're in this scene and now this thing is happening um, and now this thing is happening. It's right? funny because when you said this is the one where for a second, I thought you were going to pause to have me answer and I drew a complete blank. <laughs> like, I don't think that's ever happened. Like usually I can like, you know, in like one sentence, you're like this is the one where Fran has jury duty. You know, like this is the one right. where Maxwell's yeah. brother comes to visit. But like I didn't, I truly drew a blank. I couldn't have yeah. made one succinct sentence. No, because this was all over the place, this mm-hmm. episode. It was really, mm-hmm. and again, enjoyable episode. I really liked it, but felt, um, like I said, vignette to me. Like they just sort of wrote a bunch of different scenes and they all kind of connected enough, but like they also all could have just worked as like their own little scene, you know? The way that you said vignette, it almost sounded like, you know, that's like a, an auteur, some famous director, vignette. Like. Jim vignette, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it was a very, had a very vignette feel to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, much like the French New Wave. Uh, but <laughs> this episode starts with Fran and Sylvia reading the newspaper in the kitchen of the mansion. And I just have this note where I go, Sylvia is totally a fixture in this house now. And I love yeah. it. I she love just, it. She's, she's like there more often than she's not there. They're... They're chatting uh, excitedly about the soap that washes away fat, and then Maxwell like bursts in mm-hmm. the room. Yeah, yeah, and he proudly announces that his new play, The Widower, is not up for one, but it is up for five Tonys. Yeah, um, which sounds like a lot of Tonys to me. Uh, and for a play, it's not even a musical; it's a straight play, and it's like I don't know that I, I don't know, man, maybe. Uh, well, and it, by comparison, Mr. Sheffield's extra excited because Andrew Lloyd Webber only got two nominations. And yes. like the whole household is just so excited that like, the kids come running down the stairs. Uh, they're jumping up and down. Cece's there. She's super excited. It's just this very big celebratory moment when Sylvia goes, mm, I don't know. Five nominations makes me nervous. Can you imagine how embarrassing it would be to be up for five? five awards and not even win one <laughs> and then she like goes back to eating chicken and everyone just sort of like stops and like lets that sink in for a beat and then Fran just goes next time you quetch about my therapy bill stop to think about this moment <laughs> which I thought okay. was like so valid so this was another question I had for you and I didn't do any research okay. uh, but did 
the nanny get nominated for five Emmys and not win one? Because that felt like a very meta line oh. to me. I'm wondering, like, oh, I wonder if this year or the year before the nanny had gotten nominated for like writing and acting and supporting acting and whatever, and then lost all five Emmys. Oh my gosh, I wish I had even thought about right? that. You, you should, all right, keep you keep should. keep running us through the show, and I'll buzz in with uh, an update if I figure okay. that one out. That also means Sean will only be half paying attention to me for the next twelve minutes or so. So I'm going to do whatever I want. That's uh, not true. I'm listening. Uh, but so then, oh yeah. So Sylvia says that, and then we cut to the opening credits uh, after everyone is clearly bummed out by that observation. And then the next scene, we're already at the award show. Like we're already at the Tonys, which kind of surprised me because I thought maybe like the episode would lead up to the award show. Um, but it turns out we get it over with pretty fast. Um, I have to note that Fran is in a platinum blonde bob. And she is kind of embarrassing everybody, as you would expect. She's like snapping flash photography. I um, like the wig on her in this. Yes. I thought yeah, it was so cute. The, also, the, the nanny was nominated for 12 Emmys and only won once. So, and But it wasn't all in one year. Um, although in 1996, they got three nominations and didn't win. In 1997, they got three and didn't win. Mm. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So yeah, probably did. Have it some may have been a little it. meta joke. Yeah. 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 Right. And then, so we're at the award show and we find out that both Mr. Sheffield and Andrew Lloyd Webber have won two Emmys so far, meaning that Andrew Lloyd Webber, like, you know, he's only nominated for two. So he's like kind of just now out of the running for more, but Maxwell's play, the widowers still potentially could win a few more. Um, and at what well, Fran's even like, he's well, Andrew Lloyd Webber's already won his two. So you don't have to worry about him for the whole rest of the night. You're not going to hear his name one more time. And then of course they're like, and here to present the award for best play is Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh, so we then hear Andrew Lloyd Webber announcing the nominees. And when he gets to Maxwell Sheffield, he keeps coughing. Yes. He's like, <laughs> and it gets to the point where Max Maxwell just screams, "It's Maxwell Sheffield, you little twit!" <laughs> just, just into the auditorium, um, and then that joke was funny. But the funniest joke of all to me was still to come in this scene because once Mr. Sheffield wins, you know, uh, he stands up excitedly and Fran stands up also like super ecstatic and she gives him a big kiss on the mouth and she's kind of like blocking the walkway and Cece's trying to get through as well. And she's like, Hey, you know, I co-produce, I raise money too. And then Fran just goes, Oh, sorry. And then she kisses Cece on the mouth, uh, <laughs> clearly thinking that Cece's uh, offended that she also didn't get a kiss. <laughs> Cece's just like, get off me, nanny. Fine. Like, <laughs> It was great. <laughs> yes. And, it, and the funny thing was like, it wasn't like, you know, Fran was doing it like to be tongue in cheek. She genuinely thought that like, oh yeah, I guess, I guess Miss Babcock probably also wants a kiss. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, they played it great because it didn't seem like she was, she really sold it. Not like, all right, I'll give you a kiss too because I'm a smart ass, but more like, oh yeah, no, you totally deserve this also. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it was very yes. good. Uh -huh. yeah. um, and so that's, that's vignette number two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I guess, no, I guess that was the first. That kind of goes, the, that and the first scene go together. <laughs> and then, sort of. Sure. And then nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we cut to like, you know, either the next day or a few days later. And Mr. Sheffield is in his office with Fran and Niles. And um, also a scene that doesn't relate to a lot of other things, but very funny. Uh, Fran is putting makeup on Mr. Sheffield 
while he is berating Niles for not being more excited. And Niles is like, well, look at this day from my perspective, sir. You get to go, good afternoon, Senator. Welcome to my party. And I get to go, this little one's cheese. (laughs) So basically, he's just like complaining that like this day is not nearly um, as rewarding for him as the butler. (laughs) Yeah. Which I do love that like he and Mr. Sheffield do have a dynamic where like, he will complain about something like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's so, unpro- it's so unprofessional. It was just, I, I wrote, it's this very funny tableau of this family with M- Fran applying makeup to Mr. Sheffield as he sits and Mr. Sheffield yelling at Niles for not being more excited for him. <laughs> and then the the press, like the whole point of this is that uh, the New York City press is supposed to come in and interview Mr. Sheffield on his big win. And so they finally enter his office and, you know, Fran and Niles kind of get ushered out even though Fran definitely uh, hangs out to, to ask random questions. But so in this scene, while Mr. Sheffield's getting peppered with questions, one of the reporters, kind of like a sort of sleazy, like tabloid looking guy, he sees Fran and he basically finds out like, oh, she's his nanny. And I think he even says something like, he's like, oh, this is your nanny. And, like, yeah. and, and maybe, did he even say like, you guys ever, you know, you guys ever kiss? Or no, like, that I don't something? remember. I, I think he's just like, oh, this, he like really implies like, hubba hubba, this is your nanny, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I guess we should also say that, um, I forgot to clarify, the premise of this play, The Widower, um, it's about a man who loses his wife and he's so heartbroken that he never, ever marries again. Um, and there's even like a young, beautiful governess character who can't even yes. tempt him. Right. Yes. So a lot of these questions. Um, and and from- we should also be clear because the show does clarify this eventually that the, the play, the subject matter of the play is not lost on Maxwell. Like we learn, I think, in the next scene or the scene after that basically his speech at the the Tony Awards was basically about was this very like beautiful and heartfelt speech about his his wife and mm-hmm. losing her and why this play meant so much to him and and that that all comes into play in the rest of the episode mm-hmm. and like the the press like the journalists who were there there a lot of the questions are sort of like you know did this win have even more of a resonance for you because of like the nature of the play so like the yeah. the plot and the premise ends up being important because of what happens later. So so this happens. And then we go to that evening mm-hmm. and Niles is sitting in a chair in the living room and he's like fully dressed in a suit or like a tuxedo even. And Fran comes in and she's like in a bathrobe and she's like, Niles, it's after midnight. He's not going to invite you to the cast party. <laughs> and I just wrote, this is so sad. Like Niles is, is waiting, hopefully, for an invitation from Mr. Sheffield. And then Mr. Sheffield comes home and, you know, Niles mopes away. And then <laughs> Mr. Sheffield looks at Fran. He's like, Miss Fine, you understood it was for cast and crew only, right? You weren't expecting an invitation, were you? And she's like, no. And then she whips off her uh, bathrobe and there was like a, a flashy mini dress under there. <laughs> <laughs> but like, they don't even really have time to bicker about this because then Maggie comes home and she kind of like storms in and slams the door. And Mr. Sheffield's like, you know, Maggie, it's it's pretty late for you to be getting home, don't you think? And she looks at him and she's just like, you're the last person I have to answer to. And she literally runs up the stairs. And 
my note here, I, this was when I was like, what is going on in this episode? Like, what is the plot of this episode? Because now I was uh-huh. really thrown for a loop when like, because I'm, I'm watching it and I'm going, okay, I guess this is going to be about his win or the, the fact that he's a widower. And then we get this like very late in the game, Maggie's a problem child twist. <laughs> yes. I will say though, this is like the most they have given Nicole Tom to do, maybe ever. (laughs) Yes. Um, And she played angry teen well, even though it was coming out of nowhere. (laughs) Yes. Um, And well, she did play two angry teens in made for TV movies earlier that year. So, (laughs) you know, we do know that she had been honing the craft. Um, And so, oh, so she runs up the stairs and, you know, Fran and, Mr. Sheffield, they're, they're just like totally bewildered. They have no idea what this is about, but they're kind of like, well, you know, she's a teenager, you know, but we won't like go talk to her about it now. We'll kind of like let cooler heads prevail and figure this out later. And we then cut to Fran and Maxwell at Fran's therapist's office, Dr. Miller's office. And they're sitting there and they have like this look of concern on their face. And, and (laughs) Dr. Miller's like, well, you know, it's fairly typical you know, somebody else in the family gets the limelight and then they lash out to get attention. And Fran and Mr. Sheffield like nod vigorously. And then the therapist goes, have you considered getting him a little trophy that says best butler or no butler of the year? <laughs> so we find out that they were, they were actually asking him about Niles <laughs> and, and uh, like, it was a really funny misdirect. Um, but then, but then Maggie does in fact enter and we realize, okay, no, it really was a family session about Maggie and she's super, super kind of like curt and rude to both Fran and Mr. Sheffield, but kind of refuses to say why. And then finally she pulls out this like ta- trashy tabloid paper from her bag. And she's like, this is why I'm mad. Look. And there's literally this like big story that says, hunk producer has broad on the side and it's the story that's claiming that mr sheffield has had you know an affair with his nanny for years and there's even pictures of him on his honeymoon with his first wife sarah where he's like i guess ostensibly like make it out with fran so clearly there's like photos have been doctored you know to like sell this like tabloid trash story so understandably now it makes sense maggie thinks that like her dad had, and Fran had been like having an affair behind her dead mother's back. Right. Yeah. So she's, she's has a lot of feelings about this. Although, although, you know, the timeline of it all never is like, she never questions that. <laughs> that was my only, the only thing I really bristled at was I was like, Maggie, like if they had just said like, Oh, they were having an affair for an indeterminate amount of time, maybe, but like they've been having an affair since his honeymoon with his wife. I mean, maybe in her head, she's like, oh man, maybe, you know, dad has always had this thing with Fran and then it just got easy to sell her as the nanny or something. Yes. Because later she even says, now it finally makes sense why dad would hire a woman whose resume was written in lipstick. Yeah, no, and that I totally get. I just, going back as far as his honeymoon felt like a stretch to me. Yeah. I mean, well, even Fran is like, you know how old that would have to make me? Yes, (laughs) exactly. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, and so that evening, um, oh, sorry. No, it's not even that evening. It's just later that day. They're in the kitchen and, and Mr. Sheffield and Fran are kind of like trying to figure out this situation, right? They're like, you know, how, how would someone have even gotten a photo from the honeymoon? And, and then Fran's like, you know what? Don't worry about what the whole world thinks, Mr. Sheffield. Like, just worry about your daughter. Because, I mean, you'd have to be a nut job to believe this story. At which point, Sylvia bursts in with a paper in her hand. And she's like, you were having an affair with Mr. Sheffield when he was on his honeymoon. And you're still only getting paid $6 an hour. So that that was like, again, like, there's really no purpose to that scene except that joke. (laughs) Which is $6 an hour. But we already knew she made $6 an hour. You know, I just, it, I'll never not think that's a weird number. Well, we remember, we already went through this where we decided that she's probably paid a weekly salary and then she just divided the hour she works by that yes. and came to six. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that we've done this before. <laughs> um, Season and- four. <laughs> well, uh, oh, so then though, we yeah. go to Maggie's bedroom where she's upstairs yes. sulking and there's a knock at the door and it's you hear little Gracie's voice go, Maggie, I'm really upset. Can like, I need to talk to you. And so like a good big sister, she goes over and opens the door and Fran like pushes Maggie to the side. I'm sorry, pushes <laughs> Gracie to the side and like, uh, like shoves her way through the room. And <laughs> I love this line though. Cause um, Maggie says something like, oh, like, are you proud of yourself using a little girl to get what you want? <laughs> and Fran's like, yeah, and trust me, it's not as easy as it used to be. She's much bigger, much less endearing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just, I like that. Very funny. Yeah. And, you know, she basically has this like heart to heart with with Maggie where she's like, you know, this isn't true. And, and she's like, this photo is obviously doctored. Like, look at this picture. I'm wearing Clinique number four. That didn't even come out till, you know, 1987. <laughs> so she like basically debunks the photos through her like incredible encyclopedic knowledge of makeup. Yep, which um, is great. Yeah. And, you know, what kind of comes out here, which I guess is, I guess is noteworthy for just like where everybody is in terms of like everybody else in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Maggie's like, you know, you know, it's so obvious. Of course this was happening. This is before, by the way, Maggie like realizes it was a lie, but she's like, it's so obvious, you know, dad's clearly in love with you, you know? Okay. This is not lost on probably all the Sheffield kids, but definitely not Maggie at this point. Right. Yeah. So then, oh, so we go downstairs and, you know, uh, sorry, Fran and Maggie have 
they've resolved it. And, you know, Maggie even sees her dad and she's like, dad, I'm sorry. I got so upset. Like, I, I believe you. Like, I, I know you and Fran like didn't have an affair. Um, so that that's resolved. Right. Um, and then Cece comes in and she's like, she's like, Maxwell, have you seen this? This is terrible. And like, she is holding the, uh, the tabloid yeah. paper and he's like, oh, don't worry. Like, you know, the children are okay. You know, Maggie was upset at first, but, and then she goes, I don't give a rat's butt about them, <laughs> which literally made me laugh out loud. I think, I think that made me laugh harder than any line of the episode. Yeah, me too. Her delivery was like flawless. <laughs> so good. I don't give a rat's butt about them. She's like, our ticket sales, like we were sold out uh, up until 1999 and now like everyone's dropping out. So it turns out that, you know, after the win and after his like, a you know, beautiful emotional speech, they were, they literally were sold out for like two years in advance. And now that a story broke about him not being, you know, the loving, devoted husband, but actually the philanderer, people are just like over it. Right. And they're like, basically yep. like, you know, getting refunds on their tickets. <laughs> so this is when Mr. Sheffield like starts to really get mad. He's like, he's like, I'm going to march down to that newspaper and I'm going to talk to this like trash journalist who did this because now this is really starting to affect our lives. And at first Fran is like, kind of like, Hey, you know, what are you going to do? You know? But then she looks at the paper and she goes, 40 years old, <laughs> like <laughs> her. And she's like, we're going now. Yeah. So uh, they, they basically, they march down to, it's not like the New York Post, but it's like the New York Post, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think and so. It was supposed to be like the Post or like um, what's the what's the one that, that the, like the Rupert Murdoch used to own? I thought it was the New York Post. Like, oh, was that the Post? Yeah, the one where I think he still does own it. Because yeah. now he now he refers to he refuses to refer to Donald Trump by name. <laughs> Which is like so it's so dysfunctional. But anyway, um, so um they they march down to the uh, the office building and they go right up to this guy's de desk and this guy also really made me laugh cuz he's like the tabloid reporter and he just gives zero f's like yeah. they're literally like do you realize you're ruining lives and he's like yep and they're like do you have any care in the world about it and he's like no and then and then he goes this did make me laugh because it was kind of true. He's like, hey, pal, I'm not forcing six-year-olds in Malaysia to make sequin jackets. I write for a tabloid only an idiot would believe. And I'm like, you know, like, Fair. yeah, you know, maybe you've convinced me now. <laughs> uh, but, but then he's like, you know, they, they complain and they make a fuss and he's just like, yeah, fine. All right. I'll never write about either of you ever again. You happy? And they're like, yes, thank you. And then one of the, you know, Fran's like, you see, you come down here and you, you know, you make a big enough stink and they'll listen. And then the guy goes, well, no, I mean, it's only because you guys were the worst selling issue we've had in five years. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> and then they, they become irrationally angry about that. And they're like, well, what do you mean? Like, this story's hot. We're sexy. Like this should be selling off the shelves. And he's like, yeah, no. Um, like, we were actually embarrassed as a paper by how badly this story did. Like nobody cares about this Broadway producer and his nanny. Um, at which point then we delve into some kind of familiar territory where Fran's like, I'll show you like hot. And she grabs Mr. Sheffield and they start making out furiously to like prove some misguided point. And yeah. the tabloid journalist just ends up literally like grabbing his coat, leaving and turning off the lights. Um, and while they make and, out. Yeah. Yeah. 
because he could care less. Um, And then we end with a very funny little button. It's Niles at the therapist's office because Dr. Miller apparently treats this whole family now, (laughs) Uh, which seems very dysfunctional. Um, And (laughs) Niles is crying and he's like, he's like, they even gave me a trophy that says best butler. I should be grateful, but I just feel so guilty. And, uh, and Dr. Miller's like, well, why do you think that is? And Niles is like, I never clean under anything. I always lie and say it's decaf because I don't feel like making a second pot. It's like, (laughs) and during prom season, I drive the limo for extra cash. (laughs) Like, this just made me laugh. Like, like the idea that like, you know, again, how dysfunctional they're, they're, emotional codependency is where as much as Niles hates him, he then starts to cry at how he's like, he's so, he treats me so wonderfully. <laughs> yeah, by giving him a best Butler of the year award as if that's even anything. <laughs> I mean, and paying for his therapy session. <laughs> I get, well, we don't know he's paying. I feel like, I feel like he said, no, he goes, he's so good to me. He's even paying for this session. <laughs> Mm. Uh, at which point Dr. Miller picks up the phone and, um, you know, he goes, we're going to have to talk about this again. And he, into the phone, he's like, run a TRW on Maxwell Sheffield, which is like a credit <laughs> score report. <laughs> so yeah. Dr. Miller has hit the jackpot with this family. Yeah. They're all nuts. <laughs> yeah. He even had Sylvia in there in a previous episode. Oh yeah. They're trying to hypnotize her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but that was the episode that he's like, the, uh, appointment that he was like, this will be on me. Because it didn't work. That's true. <laughs> um, and and then we also end with some, you know, cute little bloopers. They were pretty free and centric, which is also always fun. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was kind of this fun, filler, like you said, vignette episode. We've talked a lot this season about how we're kind of, we were getting very sick of the same Fran and, and Mr. Sheffield's story. And mm-hmm. this episode feel like felt like they had their cake and ate it too a little bit where it was sort of about them and sort of about like this, will they, won't they think that they got going on and they sure did kiss a lot in this episode. Um, Mm -hmm. But also it was just kind of like a fun episode and it wasn't necessarily hinging on their relationship, you know, machinations. Yeah. It was, Um, it was easy breezy. Yep. Which means Mm -hmm. it's time for segment. And now, segments. So, segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now, segments. All right. Okay. Favorite lines and moments. Um, I I had a couple, but not a ton. Um, Niles mm-hmm. had a great uh, Niles had a great CZ comeback at one point where she's trying to figure out what she would look good wearing, and she goes, "Now, what would I look really great in?" And he goes, "A sealed mausoleum." Yeah. <laughs> which I- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> which I thought was great, and then um, I also really liked. Uh, the the line where um where Sylvia is 
uh, or no, is Fran talking to Maxwell about uh, Maggie. And she's like, you know, look, just calm down. Give her some space. You know, like teenagers are tough. She's like, my mom was a size six when I was a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Implying that her mother ate herself, <laughs> yeah. ate her feelings all through uh, Fran's uh, teenage years, which I, mm-hmm. I also really liked. Um, yeah. And then, um, I, you know, you, you mentioned it in the thing, but the the Maxwell, I, I love the Maxwell, Andrew Lloyd Webber feud. So him getting to yell at Andrew Lloyd Webber, even though he was off screen, was still delightful. Mm-hmm. And there was a funny moment in that same scene where, um, you know, before the awards get announced, um, Mr. Sheffield is kind of like very antsy in the audience. And he's like, ta- and you know, the whole family's sitting around him and he's like, all right, there are cameras everywhere. I don't want anyone doing anything childish or embarrassing. Like, you know, like making bunny ears behind my head. And Brayton's like, when have I ever done that? <laughs> and Mr. Sheffield's like, I'm not talking about you. And then Niles goes, oh, it was one time at the Angela Lansbury roast. Will you let it go? <laughs> I really did. I, I love their burden to Ernie vibe. Yeah, me too. Um, me and too. then I wait when they're trying to figure out um, like who could have like maybe like oh. sold basically sold Mr. Sheffield up a creek by um, well, you know like someone supplying. Gave, someone uh, gave them his 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 pictures from his honeymoon. Yeah, which would have had them from the family. Yeah, or I was kind of like maybe you know someone stole them when they were in that uh, you know like in the house or got you know who knows. But basically, Mr. Sheffield's like. Who'd want to hurt me for just a few thousand dollars? And then he looks at Niles and like kind of gives him the side eye. And then <laughs> Niles goes, "You once got your finger caught in John Gelford's fly. Trust me, if I wanted to humiliate you, I wouldn't have to make something up." <laughs> and just the idea <laughs> of Mr. Sheffield one time getting his finger caught in a famous, famous, iconic actor's fly. I'm just like he's so <laughs> pathetic sometimes. Like he's <laughs> such a goof. <laughs> yeah. It made me laugh so hard. And then um, I I did also really like when once Maggie opens the door and realizes that, like, she's not just been tricked by Fran, but that, like, Gracie was complicit in the in the trickery. <laughs> um, Gracie just goes, I can't even buy a Happy Meal by myself. She owns me. <laughs> like, it is true. You're so powerless at that age. Yeah. You know, this episode really highlighted for me, you know, I know that um, what's her name who played Gracie has has spoken later about feeling like she was just like kind of a prop on the show mm. that she didn't really have much to do. And this this episode really highlights that uh, for her character. We're like they don't really give her anything to do ever. She's always just there in service of some other bit, you know. Like yeah. like on Full House, I feel like the kids all had their own like lives and stuff, you know, even, mm-hmm. even the little one had like little friends or problems at school or whatever. Mm-hmm. And these kids seem to only pop up and exist to like deliver a line that's like, you know, related to like the main plot of the episode or be, you know, a, you know, a, yeah, that's a, a actually prop, a- essentially to Fran in a scene, you know? Yeah. That's actually a very fair point. I never really thought about it in context of like what they're like con- their peers, like child actors would have been doing in like other shows. But I guess though, yeah, like for, for shows where it's like, you know, more like family set, like I'm trying to think like, you know, there's like family matters and there's like step by step and there was all those, but those were more like, 
for the whole family to watch. Yeah, Whereas I, sensibly, I do feel like it was this and as sensibly, this is about a family. So it, yeah. it, it is weird that like they took this show that had the perfect setup to tell. I mean, cause we've talked about it, right? How like this show really could have, could have benefited from more episodes, especially in the later seasons of like, them her actually being a nanny and doing stuff with the family and like dealing with the kids problems and with you know with stuff going on with the the inter the relationship dynamics between them and their father and and we really only got that a little bit in the first season and then it really just became about like fran and mr sheffield yeah but i'm also like while you're talking i'm trying to imagine like what that other version of the show would look like and i'm like you know i think it's i'm like do we need just like Oh, the problems of like a rich kid getting bullied at school or like, you know, oh no, someone offered Brighton drugs this week. Like I'd almost so much rather get to see the Fran, Sylvia, Yetta representation that like, I don't know if I, if I'm bothered as much as I, at least by that aspect of it. All right. So uh, what's some Yiddish? I didn't hear any Yiddish this week. Didn't you? Or maybe the word kvetch is so native to your ear that you didn't even register. To kvetch is to complain or whine. So when she's like, when you kvetch about my therapy bills, it means when you Mm -hmm. you complain about my therapy bills. Um, And then the nanny trivia, short and sweet and a little sobering, Fran is up in arms in this episode about a newspaper calling her 40 years old, like mistakenly calling her 40. In real life, Fran Drescher was 40 years old. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what is she so, now? Like uh, 95? Yeah. She's 9,500 <laughs> years old. <laughs> she's 200. Wow. God yeah. bless. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we, we've talked about this wow, before. Wow, that's crazy. She was yeah, 40, like, huh? Well, yeah, because, like, you know, the whole thing is she's, like, about – supposed to be about 30 when this series starts, but she was 36-ish in real life. So, yeah. um, you know, she she is great at, you know, clearly making fun of herself and certain foibles, you know. Um, and, hey, she looks fabulous. Oh, she looks incredible for her. I mean, for 40. She looks unbelievable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For her. And then for the character – I related to, I, I realized when (laughs) Sylvia says that line, that was very funny, but also very indicative of a certain like point of view and lens through which you see the world, which is, oh, five awards make me nervous, you know, because can you imagine being nominated for five and not winning one? And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm very guilty of like that person, that lens, you know, it's like something good happens. And then I, I instantly am in the the negative uh, version or outcome of that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me like too. I, to the point where, like, that's how I view most of my life. You know, as like mm-hmm. I haven't done anything, and then friends will be like, "What do you mean? You did like this and this, and you you worked on this project, and that was so cool when you did that thing." And I'm like, "Yeah, I guess I did all that stuff." I mean, <laughs> that's how I that's how I view your life. Thank you. <laughs> No, no, I meant what? Like I haven't done anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm completely wasting my potential. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, but I'm the same. Like I, I don't um, sit in any victory. I only am them. No. Like, but then this is why stuff's bad. Yep. So maybe, yep. maybe we're the Sylvias. Hey, maybe we're the problem. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, yeah. What you said. Maybe we're the Sylvias. Good point. <laughs> maybe that's what we are. 
Well, everybody, yep. thank you for sticking with us. Uh, we were recording a little later than usual, so we're a little lower energy than our normal morning vibes. Uh, but we hope you enjoyed this episode. You know where this to find us. This was like an NPR on- episode. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> did you notice that when you came in low energy, I tried to turn it around, but I didn't really have the energy to sustain it. I defeated you. <laughs> yeah. You sucked me into your vortex like, of negative like thinking. <laughs> energy vampire. All right. Uh, listen, don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Twitter, oh, Mr. Chef Pod. Tell us your thoughts on this episode. Um, I, I wish we could say, like, what are your predictions for how the season will end? But, you know. We can't do that because people know. So that's not fun. Um, but also, I do want to say we are now five episodes away from the end of the season. And I have no idea what's going to happen. And I'm very excited to see how we transition from these sort of one-off stories into, I assume, them getting married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We'll- We'll find out soon, I guess. Uh, yes, thanks for listening. And Toria, I will talk to you in a week. Goodbye. Goodbye. The flashing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, Miss Fine. <laughs> <laughs>